Braids family. I'm your sister with the curly braids, Vicky Diller for African Diaspora News Channel. Be sure to give the broadcast a big thumbs up, thumbs up. And we have such exciting news here. We have our own app. Family, be sure to download it. Be sure to check it out. Be sure to connect with us there because that helps to expand our voice in a more effective way. And be sure to tell everybody about it. Thank you so very much. Now, family, listen. Now, if you've been following my work, you know for some time now I have been discussing the Red Sea area, particularly uh, Eritrea, President F. Warkey and others. And I have known for some time because of how the United States moved that there must be some economic, political uh, reason why she continues uh, to messmake and even you know, plot in some ways uh, the removal of President Isaiah working. Well, I did another piece here recently, which hopefully you have seen that. Be sure to pay attention to my back-to-back -back coverage on this topic because there's so much to cover. Um, again, uh, and here in the United States, the House Foreign Affairs Committee conducted yet another uh, hearing on the record, and it was titled Ethiopia, Promise or Perils, the State of U.S. Policy. In this particular hearing, uh, one of the ambassadors made an interesting statement and reminded us of something that took place just recently, a few months ago, from U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Watch this. Secretary Blinken visited in March. He had direct conversations with the prime minister and senior members of his cabinet, as well as uh, making public uh, the United States' absolute commitment to seeing through what both the government of Ethiopia and the TPLF uh, have committed to in terms of uh, ensuring that there's transitional justice. But transitional justice, uh, as you said, has to also be a national process. He reminded us that U.S. Secretary of State, the top U.S. diplomat in the country, the top head of the State Department and all ambassadors, beloved, made a trip to Ethiopia some months ago. Now, of course, he made a trip to a few other strategic African countries, but if the United States is sending their top ambassadorial diplomat, who's the head of the State Department, to your country, there is a strategic reason. Please understand. Now, I want you to watch now this second clip of Congressman Sherman making a statement here during the hearing. Watch this. About uh, Ethiopia's desire for a seaport. Obviously, uh, we don't change international boundaries almost ever. Uh, but I will point out, I believe that Bolivia has certain rights uh, with regard to Chilean ports. There are a number of other uh, circumstances <clears throat> where a landlocked country has the right to use a port and have access to it and to not have tariffs on goods going out or going in. And I would, uh, I would think it'd be a step toward peace if Eritrea would uh, uh, agree not to give up any of its territory, but also not to charge tariffs. Okay, did you hear him? Did you hear him mention the port? And did you hear him acknowledge that really that particular port belongs to Eritrea? And that, you know, while he claims that Ethiopia is looking to have access to a port, he's basically trying to say, well, hey, you know, they can't, they're not supposed to 
or they better not, you know, don't, don't, don't mess with, you know, Eritrea. That's technically theirs. Basically, hopefully give him a little wink and a nod. That was such a tacit response for him to half-heartedly admit whose port and land that is. And mentioning other countries that have certain rights to certain ports, for example, as if he was hinting and ginning up more controversy between the two nations. Why am I saying that? It's not just there. As I was doing research on this topic, I noticed that there were multiple print publications that have headlines like this one from BBC, Ethiopia's Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed eyes red port, red seaport in flaming tensions. The way they're covering this is as if the Prime Minister is looking to violently take control of this port with Eritrea. Now, at the same time, of course, we know that there have been favorable conversations and bilateral engagement between Eritrea, President Afwerki, and the prime minister in his country, Ethiopia. So the fact that you're seeing these print publications and you're seeing congresspersons gin up this as if Ethiopia is getting ready to just invade Eritrea and saying that he wants access to this particular port, buried deep within this report, way down in the report, it acknowledges the fact Quote, but Mr. Abi publicly denies that he intends to invade Eritrea, telling soldiers recently on Armed Forces Day, Ethiopia has never invaded any country and will not do so in the future. They put that way, they didn't put that in the first paragraph, first and second paragraph. They put it down, they buried it down further. Then they later try to say, well, he made this comment privately to some, I believe, business persons or something to that effect. Why is it that Congress people are acting like Ethiopia is getting ready to physically and violently invade Eritrea? Why are print publications ginning this story, this topic up as if there's an impending war and that president, I mean, prime minister, excuse me, Abi is looking to take over Eritrea by force. I can't hear, wait to hear what you have to say about it. Regardless, the fact the United States and Western publications are pushing this like that. And the fact that you're seeing congresspersons hint at this makes you think, is this what you want? Are these seeds that you're sowing for that country? America, certainly you're not looking to hire paid mercenaries or pay dissidents in that country to stir up trouble violently with Eritrea and because you've already put it out there in mass press, given the impression that Prime Minister Abiy is getting ready to violently take over Eritrea to have access to a port. And then you try to lean back into past historical access that you say that they have because they're now a landlocked country with some, I don't know, is it 125 million some odd people that's there? I don't deny there has been problems and tensions and fighting between the two countries. But I also don't deny that there's another hidden reason why the top diplomat made a trip there. Just giving you a little food for thought. As I was digging into this piece from 
a research foundation. It specifically starts by saying two recent developments underscore the resurgent geopolitics of the Red Sea, which is caught between great power politics and regional rivalries. Of course, Eritrea and Ethiopia is specifically situated in the Red Sea. Yes, in fact, Eritrea's name, based on the research I've done, means Red Sea. And of course, we know some of their previous connections before Eritrea uh, became its own, uh, became independent. Watch this. Further on down through this research piece, something interesting was written. It says, it headlines this next section, expanding global military footprint in the Red Sea. It talks about how in the recent, the last few years, global and regional players have established their military bases in um, states of the Red Sea. The Red Sea has uh, several states, Egypt, Sudan, Eritrea, Djibouti from the western flank, whereas Saudi Arabia and Yemen make up the eastern shoreline. Family, I hope you're catching this. I hope you're catching this. Israel talks about Israel's port of uh, Elot is located in the northeastern corner of the strategic waterway. It talks about how Egypt and other countries, Middle Eastern country, regional heavyweights in their own right, um, regional heavyweights in their own right, whereas the other four states are weak, poor, volatile, and vulnerable. So they're calling those states that have connections and access to certain parts of the Red Sea, basically powerful and heavyweights. But it says the other four, weak, poor, volatile, and vulnerable. In such a region, it's no surprise to find steadily growing involvement of the regional and global military players. It talks about how Russia has announced plans to establish a naval base in Sudan, whereas China holds a military base in Djibouti. You know, all of this is interconnected to hegemonic nations such as the United States and their Western allies trying to maintain control because that waterway and trade and so forth. Yes and geostrategic positioning for military uh, access and some other things, right? Watch this. It goes on. In the context of the war in Yemen since 2015, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, and Saudi Arabia sought to limit the power of Iran-supported Houthis and also curb Iranian influence in the southern Red Sea region. They expanded their influence as well as a military presence by building partnerships, listen, with Sudan, Djibouti, and Eritrea. It talks about Turkey wanting to rebuild a port um, in, near the Sudan area and so forth and so on. It talks about Somaliland, but I'm bringing this up because did you hear the name Eritrea? Did you hear the fact that they acknowledge that they're trying to expand their global footprint in the Red Sea? Do you hear the fact that my analysis. And of course, I'm giving this in advance of drama going down because I'm a prophetic voice. I like to warn of things in advance. Why is mainstream press ginning up this idea that there is getting ready to be an imminent invasion from Ethiopia into Eritrea? Is it because the United States knows that President Isaiah Afwerki is intransigent against imperialist forces and they cannot after the 30 some odd years of absolute and pure hell they put that country through they cannot move him 
So instead, as has been clearly proven in times past, certain forces have helped to gin up tensions between Ethiopia and Eritrea. Is it because they're trying to get to Eritrea by Ethiopia? Stirring up drama with the port and trying to put it off on the prime minister already, even if he desires to have access to the port. That would make sense for 125 million some odd people there being, what is it, it's the second most populous African nation? Of course that would make sense. He would desire that. But it's not the fact that he may have talked about it and desired it. It's the fact that the United States congressman and mainstream major publications are acting like there's getting ready to be an imminent invasion. Which makes you wonder, are they planning to be the hidden hand behind it? And could that be one of the strategic reasons that the top U.S. diplomat in the United States in general, who's completely ignored the continent of Africa for many years, and by force, and after being humiliated, decided to finally meet with most of the African nations. And by the way, I believe the United States intentionally refused to include Eritrea and I think one or two other African states from that meeting, if I remember correctly, due, due, due to some past research. And could that be one of the strategic reasons the United States sent their top diplomat to Ethiopia? And of course, we know that the United States sees the gains that China and Russia have been making in Africa legitimate partnerships between those countries. And the United States cannot stand the idea that they would have a leg up and a one up to the continent of Africa, which they were forced to meet with them. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it below. My name is Vicki Dillard. Be sure to check out my website at VickiPlanet.com and my yummy products and services. And of course, share this broadcast. And don't forget to download the app for African Diaspora News Channel. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to see you again.